Welcome to the Refreshed Moms Podcast. My name is Deanna Mason, your host, and as always, every single week, I'm so happy to have you here. And we're kicking off my four-part series on women who lead, and I'm so thrilled to introduce many of you to my guest on this episode, Victoria Danielle. We're going to explore the conversation on redefining women leadership. So you may ask, well, Deanna, why are we redefining it? What's wrong with the definition? (laughs) When I'm talking about redefining women leadership, I'm really talking about us individually identifying with how we define our leadership as a woman, because culturally speaking, we are continuously evolving in what that looks like. We are continuously challenging what that looks like in the spaces that we're actually showing up in leadership. Many of them are male-dominated spaces. Many of them, we are stepping into leadership as a woman, as the first woman to lead in those spaces. All of those dynamics are very, very real even now in 2021. And so I feel like we are in a consistent discovery of what leadership looks like for us personally and feels like for us. And we're going to spend some time in this conversation exploring that and hopefully empowering you to step even more confidently in the roles that you are leading in. So before we hop in, I do want to share a little bit about Victoria Danielle. Now, she is a speaker, teacher, and leadership coach who helps women organize their life own their power, and steward their finances for the benefit of God's kingdom. Utilizing the lessons learned from her own experience in dealing with a chronic health condition, her professional expertise as a teacher turned investment advisor, certified coach training, and unique spirit-led approach, she's able to guide her clients and community from a place of fatigue, fear, and scattered thoughts and stress to vibrancy, confidence, focus, in harmony. Her mission is simply to influence as many women as she can to live an abundant life. I know you are going to, first of all, enjoy this conversation, but secondly, fall in love with the gift of Victoria Danielle. I'm so excited for you to hop into this conversation. And without further ado, let's go ahead and do it. You're listening to the Refreshed Moms podcast. This podcast is dedicated to all the moms out there who are leading, no matter what capacity you are showing up in leadership, whether you are an entrepreneur or a ministry leader, maybe you are homeschooling right now, or anything in between. However, you are leading as a woman and as a mom, I want to help you consistently nurture your faith, enjoy consistent opportunities for rest, and if you happen to be a business owner, generate consistent revenue. I'm Deanna Mason, your host, and I'm so glad to have you. Let's get started. Victoria. Yes. (laughs) It's so good to have you on the podcast. Finally, it's like some people that I bring on, I'm like, I don't even understand why it's taking so long (laughs) to do this. I'm just going to believe that, you know, when the when the timing is right, when God wants that message to be recorded and put out, that's when, you know, Mm -hmm. we end up connecting because there's just so many women, beautiful women that I've um, met over the past three years of doing this that I'm like, I don't know why I haven't recorded a podcast episode with them. And so I recorded an episode, which I don't know where it's publishing in this series. This was the first one that I recorded in this series with my new friend, Melody. I'm going to mess up her last name, Pomerati of Girl Life Empowerment. So we were just recording just a general episode. It wasn't something that was going to be a part of a series, but she, her work empowers young girls. And me and you just had this whole conversation about empowering our children and how (laughs) I'm empowering my daughter, but that's her whole work. She empowers women that work with girls to pull out the leadership in these girls. Right. And I'm like, we're in the middle of this conversation. I'm like, this is a series. Yeah. This is a conversation that I want to dig more into. I want more facets of women in leadership represented in this topic. So I was so inspired by our interview and literally in the interview, if you've 
listen to this episode or when it, the um, her episode, I'm literally saying in the episode, no, I'm about to invite some people on to talk about this. And I'm mm-hmm. writing down the names of people while we're talking. And I promise you, Victoria, you were the first name that mm-hmm. popped up. And I'm like, I need to get yeah. Victoria on the podcast to talk about yeah. women leadership. I've been seeing your emails. I've been seeing your work crafted over the past six, seven months. Yeah. <laughs> this is the beginning. <laughs> I know, right? And I'm like, she's she's leaning into this topic of leadership, specifically speaking, for women. And I'm like, yeah, let's 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 talk about it. And specifically speaking, let's talk about the redefining of what that means for women in leadership. I have such a focus for women leaders, mom leaders specifically, mm-hmm. for refresh moms. That's actually something. Um, more fresh that I've been embracing and leaning into in my messaging and the things that I want to talk about and the things that I want to create. I want to empower. That was the whole, well, I shouldn't say the whole, when I first started Refresh Moms, I just really wanted to pour into moms that were being called into leadership, called Mm -hmm. into homeschooling, called into ministry leadership, called into entrepreneurship. Women like me that were raising young children that God called simultaneously into leadership and how I didn't know how to sustain the work that coincided with that call. And so I've shut down my work, right? Mm -hmm. Our culture does not, we're going to dig into this. I feel like I'm recording all your answers right now, but our culture does not do a very good job in making room for motherhood and leadership simultaneously, Mm -hmm. career-wise, advancement-wise, definitely Mm -hmm. in ministry. We have an episode, like I said, I don't know where it's publishing, talking about women leadership in ministry. Our culture doesn't celebrate that nor make room for the very unique ways we have to show up in order to make it happen, right? Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. one of the ways that I didn't know how to support that leadership was the rhythm between going in and out of my other roles and going yeah. in and out of the need to rest and recoup in order for me to step into yeah. all those roles, right? And mm-hmm. that's what Refresh Moms was created to do to help moms do that so they can actually see the end of their work, yeah. right? So let's talk about this a little bit. Now, before we do, go ahead and introduce yourself. Um, I did an intro already. <laughs> they, they know a little bit about you from the intro, yeah. but introduce yourself and your work and your family dynamics. Let's start there. Okay, so I am Victoria Danielle. Um, I guess the title you can give me would be coach, Mm -hmm. um, as well as speaker and leader, entrepreneur. Um, But at the core of it is someone who loves God Mm -hmm. um, and who just wants to share his love with others. However, um, my gifts show up. And so I really do believe that coaching as well as teaching is a God-given gift that mm. I have. And that's how I show up. That's how I share his love with others. That's how I um, want others, especially my clients when I'm working with these women leaders, these pretty much all Christian women leaders um, are able to do the same in their work yeah. so that their light is shining. So that's what I do. Um, and I'm a mom. I have a five-year-old son. We were, like you said, we were talking about our kids. He mm-hmm. is um, a powerhouse. Um, <laughs> I'd say he's five going on 15. He's a powerhouse. Right? <laughs> um, and I have my husband, Ben. Um, and we've been married, what, going on? We're going to our eighth year. I don't keep up with dates. I'm one of those people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but with Dave, this is not me. Mm-hmm. But yeah, um, and he's super supportive. Yeah. Um, he is my best friend. Um, he does allow me to leap and jump and, you know, have my space. So um, I'm so grateful for the both of them. I get to be the queen of the house. <laughs> yeah. And so, um, yeah, and that's who I am a bit, a little bit about me and um, my family. Yeah. 
Your beautiful family. And yes, I, I have to agree. You're very, very supportive and encouraging husband um, who you know gives you space to be great, which we as women leaders need that when we decide to partner in marriage, right? That is very important. All right. So I asked all of my guests, share one way you are enjoying rest right now. Mm-hmm. Okay. Share one way well, you're enjoying rest right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, for me right now in this season, my way of rest is getting up before everybody else. Oh, that's, tell me that's, more. That's my rest. For me, um, I am an introvert. I'm a deep thinker. Um, I need that time yeah. of no talking, no sound, no music, no TV. Like I, I need that like complete silence time um, to be able to think, to be able to hear God, to be able to ask my questions, whatever, whatever it is, however I'm feeling in that moment, that's what I do. Yeah. But that's how I rest, like getting mm-hmm. up before everybody else to have that time to just be and just be me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I enjoy that too. I'm not a morning person, but I have had to be, be a, oh, excuse me, I've had to be a morning person in mm-hmm. order to manage my life. So it's like if I want certain things done, if I want certain time to do certain things, I've got to get up before everyone. Now, when or during the school year, you know, I was throwing everybody out of the house, mm-hmm. which gave me, mm-hmm. you know, so I would get up, get everybody out. And yeah. then I would have that time now that the kids are home for the summer and basically home now because um, we've transitioned back into homeschooling. Mm-hmm. It's really important for me to have the time before they awake in order for me to, you know, whatever those things are, I need to insert that need me to have quiet. So but I would prefer not to be a morning person, but I, <laughs> I've had to become, I've had to learn to become that in order to make room for leadership mm-hmm. and rest mm-hmm. and all those things. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. What's one way you wish you were resting right now? Mm-hmm. I wish I was resting through travel. Amen. Yeah. I, I love um, tropical scenery. <laughs> I love waking up to the sun rising against the ocean. Mm. Um, so that's one way I wish I was resting. I was I I wish I was resting in my early morning, waking up to that. Right now I do have I have this ditch slash pond man man mm-hmm. <laughs> my house. Got that little retention pond going on back there. With the, at least I do have trees behind me. So, I mean, I get that, but I, I love the, the the sun rising on the ocean and just... And the salt well, like, water I love air. That. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that breeze. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I need that right now, too. Yeah. That's, that's exactly how I wish I was resting. I love, love, love the ocean and the salt water air and all the things that it brings. So, yeah. yeah. Amen. Aided amen. All right. <laughs> We're going to take a break. Then when we come back, we're going to hop into this topic of redefining woman leadership. I cannot wait to talk about this, Mm -hmm. but hang tight. You guys will be back in a moment. Okay. We're going to hop back into this episode in just a minute, but I wanted to talk to you about my starter kit. Did you know I had a refreshed mom's starter kit? (laughs) Well, if you didn't know, I do. I have a starter kit. Deanna, what do you help us start? I'm glad you asked. (laughs) My starter kit helps you jumpstart making a rest plan for yourself. So rest is so much more than sleep, but that is usually our default. When it's time to rest, we equate that to stopping and um, sitting still or getting more sleep. That is like the traditional way we think of rest, but there are so many other things that contribute to our feelings of refreshment. And the Refresh Mom Starter Kit is going to take you through the seven ways we as humans enjoy rest. All right. And I've put them all together in these bite-sized videos. They're like three minutes each. It takes you about 30 minutes or so to get through all of them, but you're going to be able to identify the types of rest that you enjoy, as well as the types of rest that you are in deficits in, in order for you to be very strategic and intentional about inserting that type of rest into the time that you have to do so. All right. So 
this is why we can spend like two days or three days sleeping. And then we hop into work the next day and we're like, I feel like I didn't get any sleep or I still feel exhausted because maybe physical rest is not what you needed. Maybe you needed creative rest, or maybe you need some sensory rest, or maybe there's social rest that was necessary in order for you to walk into the new week feeling refreshed. All right. I want to help you identify where you're not receiving um, the exact types of rest that your body and your emotions and your mental capacity, your spirit needs so that you can be very targeted and strategic about inserting rest into your life. So in the mini course, I'm going to take you through those short videos on um, the seven ways of resting. You're also going to have access to um, a meditation to insert throughout your day. My graceful transitions meditation is in there. If you're needing to transition from work to family in a way that allows you to be present for your kids when you're finished working, that meditation is available to you in the starter kit. And I have my rest needs quiz. This has become a favorite amongst my people. All right. So the refresh, the rest needs quiz, what you're going to do is actually take the very short quiz and it's going to tell you where the deficits are. All right. I encourage you to take that quiz before you watch the videos, because as you're watching the videos, you can match that type of rest in the suggestions I'm giving on how to enjoy that type of rest. You can say, okay, my deficits are here. And based on this video, inserting these things will help me fill those deficits. Okay. So I think you're going to love it. You can grab it in the show notes as always, or you can just go to deannamason.com forward slash make a rest plan. deannamason.com forward slash make a rest plan. And that is it. I hope to see you in there. And even more so, I hope that you are going to feel equipped in more um, able to target the type of rest that you need and on the other side of that, feel refreshed. All right, let's hop back into this episode. All right, Victoria, let's talk about redefining women leadership. Oh, mm-hmm. that title excites me. All right, so the first question I have for you is what is being redefined in Victoria Danielle language? What does that mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So when I think about what is being redefined, I think about it in two ways. Mm -hmm. There's this personal conversation that has to happen and then the broader conversation. Yeah. So the personal conversation, it starts with each of us individually. And so that is a question we have to ask each of ourselves personally as is how are we defining leadership and how is that really serving us? Like, is our image, is our definition, is what we think leadership really is as a woman, as a mom, as whoever you are individually, does this ideal match up with the truth Mm. of who you are and where you are and what you have going on? And in order to contribute to the broader conversation, you've got to be real about the personal one. Um, So for me, I'll say for myself, leadership was what I believe, what I always saw was a bit patriarchal, um, what I believe was at one point in time were things that are outdated, um, such as, you know, in business, you can't mix business and pleasure, or you can't bring feelings into it, you know, all of those things that growing up, that's what I heard. So that was a personal conversation I had to have with myself even we talk about moms like you serve moms I'm a mom I'm in the season of a young mom Mm -hmm. (laughs) I didn't see too many images growing up with young moms being leaders outside of their home yeah so then I had to even challenge that like okay so what does that even mean Mm -hmm. so then once I got clear for myself personally as far as what leadership is personally, then you can contribute to the broader conversation of what's really going on and be able to challenge broader conversations. So in the broader, as talked about before, those things such as, you know, you can't bring feelings into business or you can't bring feelings into it or, you know, you you have to essentially kind of be perfect versus being real. 
um, you, that's how I see leadership being redefined is one, being clear about what it means to you personally so that you can come to the table and challenge the broader definition of leadership and then be able to come with your conviction and with confidence to that conversation. Mm -hmm. I love that. I love the distinction between the personal definition and personal um, understanding of your leadership and then applying that to the broader. I was, I think about um, a book discussion that I hosted uh, me and the spiritual rest with refresh moms, Facebook community, we're journeying through the emotionally healthy woman book by Jerry Scazzaro. I love that book. And, you know, I talk about that book all the time. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. um, at the beginning of the conversation, I asked everyone to share, you know, who they were, what kind of work they do and how they're stepping up in leadership or, or who they were, their family dynamics and how they're leading. And so we got to this one woman and she was like, I don't understand the question. How am I leading? And I was like, oh, I'm so happy that you said I don't understand how to answer that. And so I just started sharing with her, um, where are you, Where? what are your roles right now? Where do you show up in your work? Where do you show up? You know, I just started giving her examples. And, and when I gave her examples, she was able to clearly articulate the spaces that she was a leader in. And mm-hmm. I had another woman who is a single mother. Mm-hmm she homeschools. And when I first started talking about moms who lead, and I would give those types of examples, you're leading as a home manager, you're leading as a homeschool mm-hmm. mom, you're leading it. Mm-hmm. And she was like, I so needed to hear mm-hmm. those words as a mm-hmm. single mom, the way that I was, I am a leader. Right. And yeah, you're filling so many roles. And in every single one of those roles, there's leadership necessary mm-hmm. and needed. Yeah. And like I said earlier, our culture doesn't do a very good job at recognizing the leadership of a mother yeah. as one that's actually something that needs to be poured into and cultivated in leadership, mm-hmm. right? Which mm-hmm. is like the most important one because we're yeah. literally responsible for yep. doing the same thing, cultivating mm-hmm. that with these babies, right? Because mm-hmm. they're going to be the leaders after yeah. us. It's just, you know, to me, it's like, I don't know what the, what the issue is. And so something else you said that I love is understanding that first personally, and then the application of that on that broader conversation. And it makes me think of, we have a mutual friend, T.T. Lyle, um, to mm-hmm. Wally. Yeah, she's, she deserves, yeah, no, she deserves the pause. Yeah. She's just amazing. <laughs> I just, she's amazing. And so, um, I saw her post um, a couple months ago about an interview that she did, a job Mm -hmm. interview. She was interviewing someone for a Mm -hmm. job at her place of employment. And the woman that was on the Zoom call had a child that interrupted the call. And she was trying very hard to get the child to, you know, be quiet Mm -hmm. or, you know, whatever. She's trying to get the, make sure the child stayed out of the screenshot because she's on a job interview. Right. And T.T. Lyle told her, oh, no, 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 no. Let the child come in. You don't have to. This is not what we do here. (laughs) We don't do that here. You are celebrated in every aspect of who you are. And here, you know, I don't know the name of her, um, her, the organization she works for, but, you know, we integrate Mm -hmm. family. And first of all, we are in a pandemic season. Second of all, this is just a normal thing. We're home with our children while mm-hmm. we're trying to advance our career, continue advancing our earning potential. All those things are still important to us, even though we biologically have to birth these kids, right? Mm-hmm. We don't lose the desire to um, further those things in our heart. We just we just don't. Many of us don't, right? And she was like, no, all of that is a part of who you are mm-hmm. and all of yeah. that will be embraced if you were to work here and that woman did get the job, mm-hmm. but that I was like, I cannot like, I can't click this heart enough <laughs> on this post because that's what we're missing. You know, women, you know, when I was having kids, you're expected to produce the same way as your male counterparts. Yeah. At least the ways that they're producing. 
Now, I'm not saying that we decrease our production because we know that that's not even, we know we can hang. Mm-hmm. That's not the question. But the question is, maybe I don't need to work nine to five. Maybe I need to work five to nine or whatever. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Maybe I have to put my hours together differently in order for me to get my work done. Right. Maybe I need a space on property to go pump milk. That is not a supply closet. Right. You know, maybe these things will make my life a whole lot easier (laughs) because me and my husband or me and my partner, we just had a kid. Guess what? He didn't have to do. Mm -hmm. He didn't have to push that kid out. His body did not have to um, carry the consequences of being pregnant for 40 weeks. Right. There are just different things that we have to navigate through. I remember going to work with morning sickness. It was absolutely utterly horrible. And I could not get my HR department to respond to my pleas to enact my FMLA Mm. rights. They wouldn't just didn't respond to my request for, can I have a period of time to get over this morning sickness? Zero response, zero response, no honor at all to what was going on. So I'm in supply rooms, literally um, trying to make copies, pulling a garbage can and throwing up in a garbage can. <laughs> there was one time, this may be TMI, but there was one time where I was in the point of my pregnancy where wherever, whenever I had morning sickness, my bladder would give, which meant now I have to go home, shower, change, mm-hmm. and come back into work. <laughs> Do you see what I'm saying? It's like there's a whole set of circumstances that need to now be um, elevated and recognized and not seen as, um, oh, the woman is less than capable of producing or leading, right? And I just love just the the. I hope it's a movement. Um, especially as we get DEI um, consultants that are popping up all over the place mm-hmm. and these messages are starting to um, generate and companies are starting to value the need of creating more equitable workplaces, gender equity, racial equity, whatever type mm-hmm. of equity, right? Mm-hmm. We are seeing these conversations now broaden the lens of what does it right. mean to provide an equitable environment for a woman who leads. Right. Right. Anyway, that as you can see, I feel I feel a lot about this. No, no, I agree. I I I am with you. Um, you know, prior to stepping out and doing my own thing, I was in a very male-dominated environment. I come mm. from investing, and yeah. it is male. It is white, and where I was. Um, when you get to, when you leave customer service, if you'd say, and if you go onto the sales side where you're actually giving advice and you're, you know, um, the one providing that investing kind of advice, it's night and day. Mm-hmm. Um, the diversity just literally just drops off a cliff. So, you know, my experience was I am the only. Yeah. <laughs> the only um, Black female in my department. Um, And then out of the entire sales altogether, there were only four of us out of, I mean, at bare minimum, six to 700. Oh my gosh. Um, And um, out of the team, I am a new mom, the only new mom. um, And the rest are like, straight out of college. Yeah. Um, it was a frat house. Um, and when I say frat house, like literally a frat house, they literally had monster cans, you know, those monsters, like mm. the cans lined across mm. um, the, um, like the cubicles, like that's the environment mm. I was in um, as a, as a young mom. And then hearing your experience, even with your HR and, you know, Having, like I understand 
those experiences. And the thing that comes to mind is the conversation that's always brought up in DEI is for individuals to be able to bring their whole self. Yeah. To be for me to be able to to bring all of me to the table. And it's not as though other parts of me are not important. Going back to even that example you talked about with TTYO, with this interview she's having with this young woman, she's able to bring her whole self. She's able mm-hmm. to be real that I have a child <laughs> to middle of the pandemic, mm-hmm. you know, for a whole home. This is real. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's, a lot of what I mean when I say understanding what that means for you, and that means being real with yourself and real with who you are, what you have going on, the season that you're in. And so that when you come to the conversation, no matter what that conversation is, may it be broader or what have you, you're able to say, this is me, take me as I am or not. Mm-hmm. Because me is good enough because I know it. You don't have to tell me that. Mm-hmm. I know it. And quite honestly, I'm exceptional. Mm-hmm. And what I have to offer is something that you want and what you need. And if you don't mm-hmm. see that, on to the next. Yeah. And it's just my prayer that we're continuing to create these environments that make space for that. And if mm-hmm. and so yeah. when we bump up against one that doesn't, that we're confident enough to say, you know what, I'm going to keep looking until I find mm-hmm. one that does. Mm-hmm. And I know that's that's a lot easier said than done. But what like I said, I'm hoping that culturally speaking, that it's becoming more commonplace to be that type of environment. So yeah. Anyway, or create okay. that environment mm-hmm. because a lot of us are leaving the Yes. you know, institutions and organizations. So as we're building, we have to be mindful of the things that we want is creating that within our own businesses and with our own teams. Too. Mm-hmm. That's very true. All right. Next question for you. We talked about, I feel like we talked about why this is important. It's really important for um, culture to be moving towards making room for the way women need to show up fully mm-hmm. and lead. What, mm-hmm. What's unique though? about our leadership. Can you think about what, you know, besides the things we talked about with biologically, um, what's unique about our leadership? Well, the thing about women and, you know, none of us are all the same, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But there are things (laughs) that are, for most women, that's just unique about us. Um, Most of the time, we are natural nurturers. Mm-hmm. Um, and to me, when you talk about leadership, that's something that should be brought in mm-hmm. <laughs> is that natural ability to nurture. I look at leadership as it's not about me. It's how can I empower others? Mm-hmm. How can I bring what I have and allow other people to bring what they have? And so nurturing, think about it in terms of gardening and cultivating and having that patience and doing that. And women have that a lot of times more naturally than Mm -hmm. men is that patience to really see something through to the end and that nurturing ability. So that's one thing Mm -hmm. (laughs) that I'm like, bring that in. Yes. Yeah. Um, Another thing about women is I believe a lot of times we're able to read um, others. Uh, uh, I don't know if the term is better, but we're able to to read rooms, read people, read body language. Um, we're a, a much more keen than men are a mm-hmm. lot of times. Hence, sometimes it, we put it at a disservice where we, because we're heightened, We'll notice a body one, but we won't say anything mm-hmm. because we've noticed. Mm-hmm. Um, but it should be brought in to say, okay, if I'm noticing body language, if I'm noticing tone, um, all of these things and discerning energy um, in a room, um, whereas sometimes men can be very clueless, how can I bring that in to serve me 
in my leadership, instead of saying, oh, I noticed something, I see it. And then we ignore it. And it's like, oh, that means I should shut up and not say anything. Right. It's telling you something that they, the others aren't seeing. And mm-hmm. it's meant for you <laughs> to bring that into the room. Mm-hmm. Um, again, we're hoping that in the broader conversation, that it's welcomed more um, in the broader but that is not something for it to be shut down. That is a gift. We should yeah. be seeing these things as a stress and to be able to bring that um, to the table. Um, those two come to mind, just top of mind. I think another thing too is um, attention to detail. Mm-hmm. We often have um, where yeah. we can see the whole picture while also seeing the details that contribute to the whole picture. Um you know, let's think about a lot of times I think about like, okay, if we're having a party here at the house, I'm thinking about, okay, not just the menu. I'm thinking about, okay, does the menu fit the scene? Mm-hmm. I'm thinking about, you know, the the music we'll be playing with the playlist. I'm thinking about, okay, the, the decor, like all the details. Where's my husband is like just make something to eat and mm-hmm. it'll be fine and I'm like well it's a presentation of how right right is. right <laughs> um and so you know bring that in don't leave that out don't you know I think a, I hear women a lot of times who are very detailed like I know I should bring this down my husband tells me all the time I need to bring this down or not like mm-hmm. they're always trying to like bring it down and I'm like but uh why <laughs> like, mm-hmm. that is your gift you love that you you naturally are good at that so these things that we are just innately good at sometimes we see it as a burden or that's too much Uh or it's you know I'm going overboard um where I'm like no embrace it that is a gift that God gave you bring that in yeah that embrace which goes to your point earlier about the personal recognition of how you lead you've been able to identify how you know because I used to fight all the time with my type A tendencies. Like mm-hmm. I'm a, I, I, I went from talking about how to not be an over-functioner, <laughs> someone that mm-hmm. functions way more than they should, doing way more than is necessary. That's how I def- define over-function to just understanding, no, this is just who I am. All right. I am someone that does this. I, I am 48 years old. This has not changed. Okay. So now what I do is I insert tools to um, combat that part of me. So if I know I'm an overfunctioner, then I'd have to be a really, really good rester. I have to be really good at resting to like, you know, counter the overfunctioning part of me. But I now embrace it as that's me. That's who I am. That's how I get a ton of stuff done. That's how I carry all the things that I carry, I have a a, a huge capacity to carry a lot of things. Sometimes I actually had somebody ask me, do you think that needs to change? Do you think you need to bring that down? I was like, I've tried to bring it down. I can't bring it down. It's just who I am. But what I don't want to do is burn out. So because that's who I am, I counter it by being a really good rester. So when it's time Mm -hmm. to rest, I am also, I bring that type A tendency into my rest. I am very intentional and very purposeful when I rest and both of those things working together, you know, creates my rhythms. Right. Mm. And I just, I am, that's just who I am. That's a gift. When I can come into somebody's space and produce at a very high level, very fast, Mm -hmm. that is a gift and I embrace it and I lean into it. Right now, what I I will say, like you were talking about how like get the husbands that are like, not that they're just like tone it down. I will say that I do think that they can, they're designed to work together. Right. Mm -hmm. So like Mm -hmm. my husband has that tendency, like I, I, I will overshoot the need every single Mm -hmm. time Mm -hmm. and just his challenge of it Mm -hmm. makes me sit back and be like, okay, do I really, especially when I'm feeling my feeling like I'm, I've crossed over to doing too much. Right. Mm -hmm. Especially when I'm feeling like I'm now I'm stressed. Now I'm anxious. Now I'm like, I can't even enjoy the doggone event 
Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. This was me mm-hmm. at our wedding. Mm-hmm. My husband mm-hmm. literally holding me. Like, I can't find the, like, I didn't see the party, the, not the party favors, mm-hmm. but like the, I had, I ordered these white chocolates as gifts for the guest. I didn't see them on the tables. To this day, I don't know where those white chocolates are. And I'm looking around like, where are those white chocolates? We pay for the white chocolates. I don't see the white chocolates on the table. And he's holding me. He said, we just got married. Yeah. We are not about to stress out about those white chocolate. Yeah. We just got married. You know what I'm saying? So he kind of mm-hmm. held me and like held mm-hmm. my face and he kissed me. He was like, we don't, I don't care about white chocolates. Mm-hmm. I care about the fact that I just made you my wife and that's what we're going right. to center on. Right. And I right. was like, okay, okay, breathe. You know? So it's like, that's the beauty of having both the male and female leadership. Yeah. Because yeah. we we are meant to bring that into the space. Right. All that you mentioned, the nurturing, the detail orientation, the, the um, ability to have this high capacity to hold, our ability to create systems, our ability to mm-hmm. administrate, all those things mm-hmm. that many times are tied to women's um, mm-hmm. natural innate abilities, right? That's mm-hmm. needed. And what men bring to the table is absolutely needed as well, but we mm-hmm. just haven't seen space held for what we bring. That's the problem. <laughs> we That's not been normal to bring that high level capacity, that high level of forethought and, and be able mm-hmm. to see the end from the beginning that we bring to the table. What we've witnessed is, we say that out loud and it is pushed down. It is not put on the whiteboard. You know what I'm saying? Like people are capturing mm-hmm. ideas and like, and, you know, mm-hmm. all right, that's great, Victoria. Who else? And it's, mm-hmm. and the, you, people don't take the time to acknowledge it and validate it and say, we need to make room for that consideration. We don't mm-hmm. see that happening, which causes us to shrink, which is like, well, shoot, if they're not going to, if they're not going to see the value in it, I'm just not going to which means we assimilate to the culture where the monster cans are right. aligned. We just assimilate. We just, we, we shrink. We are, we become hidden. We become mm-hmm. status quo. Yep. That doesn't benefit anyone. Nobody. Yep. It doesn't benefit us as women, which if right. you're in those scenarios, we definitely need to. That's why I, why I really believe we're seeing this rise in entrepreneurship in Black communities. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Do you know what I'm saying? It's like, no, we're just going to decide to create equity by right. being our own thing. <laughs> if right. I can't find an equitable space, I'm going to create my own space, right? If mm-hmm. I can't close, mm-hmm. if you're not going to pay me fairly, I'm going to pay myself fairly. You know, all the, that's why we're seeing that rise. That's one of the reasons right. why, mm-hmm. you know, but that's the same thing can be said for women. Like if you're not going to give me room to be great, if you're not going to give me room to be mm-hmm. valued and, and seen and um, validated, I can't spend my life in a space that doesn't celebrate all that I am. Mm-hmm. And therefore, I'm going to go create that space. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. I mean, that's just, mm-hmm. that's how it happens, right? Mm-hmm. What are some of the common challenges you see with the women that you work with that are redefining leadership for mm-hmm. themselves? Yeah, so, I mean, you mentioned some of them. It's this, this shrinking. Um, it's, you know, feeling the need to assimilate, to fit into a certain ideal, into a certain mm-hmm. box. Um, and then when we try to fit ourselves into these boxes, whatever they may be, the box, you, you know, you talked about these different roles, the box of mom, the box of um, um, even leader, the box of entrepreneur, the box of wife, um, whatever yeah. that is, um, they try to fit themselves into this image a lot of times, which then creates the frustration, which then creates a lot of overwhelm, which then creates a lot of um, just burnout um because they're trying to meet the need of an image or an ideal or a measure mark of success that that really shouldn't be for them um so i i see those challenges a lot i'm seeing the overwhelm i'm seeing that i'm seeing fear um fear of stepping out of the box stepping out of the comfort zone fear of um stepping out of what you know um Mm. into something much more unknown um, so those are like the, the biggest 
challenges um, I see. I want to talk about the fear a little bit more. So give me some examples of what you've seen in in the space of the fear. How are they fearful? How would you say that Mm -hmm. they're expressing fear or where is fear? How is fear showing up? Is it fear to just how would you have you seen the fear showing up? Mm -hmm. So I'd say in different ways, they show up in different ways, but most of the time. I see fear of man, other people. Mm. (laughs) So when I say man, I mean humankind, mankind, um, where it's what will they think? What will they say? Mm. How will they react? Um, um, How will it affect them? Um, That's one of the biggest ones is this fear of, Others' opinions, others' validations, others um, just in the mix. <laughs> um, it, that holds people back a lot. And mm-hmm. sometimes it, these are people who they really, truly care about. It, it, you know, it could be a loved one. It, it could be someone that they look up to. Um, it, it's that fear of man. And then I'm also seeing fear of failure. But then that's also tied to others because I don't want to fail in front of other people. Mm. And then I don't want to be messy in front of other people, mm. which is why I prefer to try to figure it all out before I jump out there because mm. I don't want to look like I don't have it all together. Mm. I don't want to look like, you know, I'm not doing like, I'll put a pretty picture up on my social media feed. So it looks like I've got it all together. And then when I get into um, sessions with them, they're like, Victoria, I'm just all over the place. I don't know how to, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, so overwhelmed. I'm like, I don't know how to, like, juggle it all. Um, so it's this fear of failure, this fear of um, others. And it's this fear of just stepping outside of the box of what, again, others think of what others have said is the standard. Yeah. Um, I I see that most often. And then I also get a few times the fear of success because it's, well, if I'm successful, I might end up becoming the person that I see who's successful that um, I don't believe, you know, has good character or, or listen. So if I become successful, I might lose this um, my values or my character. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I'm afraid if I become successful, you know, I'll, I'll be that person where I become tone deaf. Um, so I'd rather stay here because, you know, I'm, I'm sensitive to the needs of others. Right. And I don't want to be successful because I fear I'm going to be that. So those are the most common ones. Wow. The fear of being unrelatable. <laughs> it's like my success is going to get, I'm going to become what I don't want to be if I'm successful. I want to lose myself with success. That's something. Um, What I heard a lot with those first two also was just the, the fear of being rejected. Like when, when I show up fully and I'm not embraced fully, that Mm -hmm. rejection doesn't feel good. Um, And that can come in many forms. It can come into nobody liked my post. Nobody mm-hmm, commented mm-hmm, on my post. Mm-hmm. That's I see that a so lot. They unfollowed right? me. Five people unfollowed me. Three people unsubscribed from my email. Oh, girl, let's talk about the email list. <laughs> they unsubscribed. I don't want to sell anything because I don't want to offend anybody. Uh-huh. <laughs> Which means yeah. you don't make no money. Mm-hmm. You don't offer um, what you sell to your people. Mm-hmm. You know, all those things. Yeah. Just I, if I show up fully, there is a possibility that someone's going to reject who I am. Mm -hmm. And I'm telling you, it is a possibility and it probably will happen. Yeah. Yeah. Or they call out the things I'm insecure about already. Just open the Bible and read Jesus. Just that's, he was rejected by many people. He still today Uh is being rejected by many people. And he still had to show up fully. Mm-hmm. Yep. Show rejected to the point of we're gonna kill you. 
Yep. The ultimate level of rejection is we're just going to take you out because we don't want what you got, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. We're going to be rejected by a portion of people that are not for us. But we cannot um, allow the discomfort of that rejection to keep us mm-hmm. from stepping in fully yeah. in our leadership. I used to get people asking me, they couldn't understand why I wanted to work in homeschool. Mm. Why can't you just focus on homeschooling? I would get those mm. questions. Mm. Mm. And at the time I didn't even have an articulation besides because this is what I want to do. You know, it wasn't, mm-hmm, I wasn't mm-hmm. in a space of, no, this is what I've been made to do. I wasn't in that yeah. space. Right. Yeah. So I'm like, you know, maybe I should slow down. Maybe I should make more room for this. Right. But that would be completely ignoring a whole part of who Deanna is right. and who Deanna was made to be. And now I'm just, I just trust, I just trust that if God called me into it, even with this season of returning back to homeschool, I just trust him. I trust that we'll have what we need to homeschool. I trust that we'll have, I'll have what I need in regards to business and I will, I'll just faith it. I'll just faith it. I'll just, I will obey. You tell me what to do. I will obey and I will trust. And I don't have to be anxious about any of it. Right. But years ago when my kids were young, it was like, I I would feel guilty. I would feel like I'm not giving my kids Mm -hmm. the best because everybody in my homeschool group, they're 100% just, they don't do anything besides Mm -hmm. homeschool. And I was always the one like, oh, we can't stay after lunch because I got to get back to a meeting. We can't, you know, like, you know, let's say we have lunch and everybody's got the kids playing on the playground afterwards and talking and chilling. And I'm like, yeah, I tell my kids we got to leave right after lunch because I got to get home. That didn't make any sense to that community. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But it was like, this is just, (laughs) and sometimes it didn't make sense to my kids. How come we can't stay longer? How can't, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So yes, all those things, the fear. Okay, here, let's close here. I love this question. Absolutely love this question. How can we own our power and our leadership and lead from an overflowing cup? How can we do that? When we show up in so many ways, we have so many roles where leadership is required. How can we maintain those responsibilities and keep an overflowing cup? Yeah, well, there are two main things um, that I really do believe hope us to be able to lead fully while leading from a full cup. Um, and it seems simple, but most of us overlook it. <laughs> And the first thing is knowing who you are. Mm. A lot of times we're so focused on what we want to do. Well, I know I want to build a business or I I want to do whatever it is. Like, you know, maybe I should, you know, we're back our brain. Maybe I should go back to school. Maybe I should be like, we're backing our brain because it just doesn't feel right. Like we're in this period of you realize something has to change. And so our first thing is the what we should be doing. Well, maybe I need to, you know, I need to, to, to get my money right or I need to get a new schedule or I need to, um, it's all the things. Like we're trying to figure out strategy. We're trying to figure out, mm. that's the what. That's the what. You, your, your first starting point is knowing who, <laughs> who you are. A lot of us really don't know who we are we don't know our strengths. We don't know our gifts because we've spent so long either suppressing them, squashing them, overlooking them because, as you mentioned earlier, you know, when we brought them into the room, they might have been ignored. They might have been rejected. And so over the years, we've taught ourselves to do the same to ourselves. But you first have to see yourself fully. Yeah. All the things, like even when you talked about, you know, Listen, I'm a high functioner. Like, 
That's actually a gift. That's actually a gift. Oh, you just gave me a new way to just talk about it. A high functioner instead of an over functioner. That's a thing. That just freaked me up even more. I'm a high functioner, not an over functioner. Some people are able to produce at a higher capacity Mm -hmm. than others. And guess what? That is okay. That's who you are. There are others who might be a little bit more like me. I I cannot produce at a super high capacity. One, that's just not who I am. But two, I'm also recognizing a part of who I am is also someone who's living with a chronic illness. Yeah. Right? Like, I am not my chronic illness, but that is a part of my life. Like, when I, like, so I have to bring that into the room. Yeah. Right? I also see as a gift. (laughs) Like, it's Mm -hmm. not a, like it's a gift it's allowed me to get to a place of being super clear about the next thing Mm -hmm. that I'm going to say people usually overlook what are your values Mm -hmm. a lot of us really don't know our top five values we're not clear on it it's not before us it's not something we think about on a daily basis We know that there are certain things we're important about, but we have not taken the time to truly articulate it. Yeah. We're talking about leaders. Think about if a business has to articulate their values, their mission, their purpose, why have you not done that personally? Uh If you're looking to lead an organization, lead in business, lead your home, lead wherever you're showing up, as you talked about in these spaces, you need to know your values, mm-hmm. your values are going to be different from the next person's values. My values are different from even my husband's top values. Mm-hmm. It begins to tell you, well, this is what's important to me. So now I can begin as I'm making decisions, as I'm, we talk about these roles, a lot of times I tell my um, clients to just really abolish roles. Because roles are us trying to act, act out an image, Uh act out what we think it's supposed to look like. But if you get rid of the roles, if you get rid of the hat, because we're trying to juggle a thousand hats, but as if you show up as who you are and you show up with, these are my values. I lead with my values. That's how I make the decision mm-hmm. about what I'm supposed to do in this moment, in this hour, in the month, in the years. That's how I make my decisions. Yeah. I love and that. And so as I move in each of the different spaces, we can think about them as different environments and spaces. So as I'm in my home environment, I still lead as who I am with my values. Right. But I don't have to like now give up all these hats because Mm -hmm. I'm like, because that's still a part of who I am. Mm -hmm. And then when I'm in a business space, when I'm in that environment, I know who I am Mm -hmm. and I lead in that value. So now if my kids come in and if all these other parts of me come in, it's okay because I know that's a part of who I am. And a lot of people, family is a value for some people. Right. Like, and so that if that's a value for you, like that has to be brought in business. Like you would be miserable if you didn't integrate family into your business mm-hmm. because that's a value for you. For me, one of my top values is my faith. Yeah. Like, so that means when I sit down, you talked about it too, when you said, I'm just gonna just trust God, like I'm just right. So that means when I sit down in front of my planner. When I sit down and figure out how I'm going to do my day, I bring my faith in. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of times we want to, because we're, again, we're so busy looking at the strategy. We're so busy looking at the what. We're so busy trying to like figure it out. When you haven't really boiled down to who are you and what are your values? Because inevitably those will lead you to the right place and where mm-hmm. you are supposed to go. Yeah. Because that system might work for her, but it might not work for you. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I love that. I love that. When we when we made the decision to homeschool, it was really, really hard because I, I felt mm-hmm. really 
challenged with where my son was as far as in high school. So making a decision mm-hmm. to bring him home for the last two years of high school was like a very big deal. I didn't want to make yeah. a bad decision because it's this yeah. is like a really important pivotal year. And I had to do that. I had to understand what it meant for him to stay where he was. And I had to weigh that against what my values were, what's actually important. Once I understood what was actually important, I had to see, is this being accomplished in our current status quo? And it wasn't. Most of it wasn't being accomplished. So if these things are more important, these things are what I'm saying are more valuable to me regarding my kid, regarding our household and how the house feels, what we're working towards, where I want him in two years. Mm -hmm. It transcended the academic part. It transcended what he could achieve academically. I'm like, there are other things that we're going to have to sacrifice in order for him to achieve those academic things that he could achieve by staying at this really great school. Right. Mm -hmm. I got to trust God on the academic stuff, but the Mm -hmm. other things are non-negotiables. It's like Mm -hmm. these things I want for him. And if I can't accomplish these things for him with him being at this school, then we can't be at this school. And so, but that's how I did it. It was like, it got down to me just literally what's important, what's most important, because all of it was important. What is most important? Yeah. Right? Right. Exactly. It's exactly. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. make a decision based off of, can I achieve what's most important as status quo? If it was a yes, then... We keep going. If it was mm-hmm. a no, then we've got to adjust. Everything. Yeah, I there love that. And what if we did that in our small decisions? Mm-hmm. You know, what if we did that is, should I clean the house right now or answer these emails or play with my child? Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. What if we did that in the small decisions? Mm-hmm. That same thing. Our lives would now transform and feel and look as what's most and reflect as what's most important to us yeah not a role not an image not a <laughs> the stuff that we think we're supposed to do yeah it's important because it's important right? mm-hmm. but what's most what our values tell us there are other things that are even more important exactly and we got to do the work of knowing what those are in order for that to, man, for us to manage our life, right? Which goes back to number one. It <laughs> goes back to your first point, right? We got to know that in order to create that. Absolutely. And most of us don't slow down enough to know it. <laughs> you are so silly. <laughs> Victoria, how can people find you? Tell us about your um I don't know if this is a download or what this is or if a training, but before you hire a coach, can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah. So sometimes people are like, okay, well, am I ready? Is that something I should do? Is this something for me? So there's an assessment in it. Like it's a guide, it's a free guide, a resource you can download mm-hmm. where it gives you an assessment as far as like, okay, is this even for me? And then even assist in when you do hire someone, mm-hmm. it, it asks certain questions of yourself and it asks certain questions of them. And it does make you stop and think about your values that we were just talking about mm-hmm. so that you're aligning with someone who is going to be clear about theirs and does it align with your values. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what the resource is it, because it is an investment, it's an investment of time, mm-hmm. it's an investment of your energy and your financial resources. Mm-hmm. So before investing those things, I have a free resource um, to be able to make you help you make a, a smart decision in your investment. Yeah. I 100% co-sign to people understanding where they are in that um I'm called a spectrum of whether or not you need a coach mm-hmm. or not. Some people come, I get on a discovery call with some people, some people absolutely need a coach. It's the, it's the investment mm-hmm. that is necessary in order for them to achieve their goals. Some people yeah. don't need a coach. Some people need a course or a membership or something. Uh-huh. Do you know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. It's like, and I'm yeah. very honest with that. It's like, no, it's, it's not about me um, converting this financially. It's like, this is an investment. It's a financial mm-hmm. investment. It's an investment of time and energy. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. if you are enrolled in school and you just had a baby and you, you know, you got all the, and you, and I'm like, okay, you need a membership. You need a membership because I know what I, it's going to take for us to get through mm-hmm. three months of coaching. And mm-hmm. it took me um, at least two years to get to the point that I'm like, no, it's, this is, I don't want anybody investing with me that doesn't transform the way I want them to transform. I ain't got time for it. And, and quite frankly, neither do you, because the way you're showing up is showing me you ain't got time for it. Because <laughs> it's work. It's work you it's have to do. Work. And you have to be able to have that capacity to be able to do it. And but so it's there's, so valuable. Yeah, yeah, it's so valuable, though, when you are able to. And that that's seasonal. You go in and out of yes. seasons of where and I 100% think everybody mm-hmm. should eventually purchase or invest into a coach. 100%. It is, it's, you're going to, your life will be changed when the season is aligned with that investment. But I love yes. this assessment yeah. because people just need to know, because the last thing we want is people working with us and feel like that wasn't worth the investment. And it's most of the time it's not worth it. It's, it's not that because we aren't great. It's because you're not able yeah. to yeah. commit to yeah. what it's going to take for that transformation. Yeah. And I love that yeah. you're giving them an opportunity to see behind the curtain before mm-hmm. they make that investment. Mm-hmm. So when you do, mm-hmm. you are very clear and you are 99% more mm-hmm. close mm-hmm. to actually mm-hmm. getting to where you need to be with that clarity. Yeah. I absolutely yeah. love it. I have the link to that in the show notes. Um, I'll say it just in case you're um, writing notes or something, but the, the Victoria Danielle.com forward slash before hyphen you hyphen hire hyphen a hyphen coach. All right. So before you hire a coach, but there's dashes in between all of that. I've got the link in the bio. I'm sorry, link in the bio. I'm not on Instagram. <laughs> the link is in the show notes. Um, so you can find that. I highly um, encourage you to click on that and take that assessment in order for you to kind of see where you are, especially if you are thinking, yeah, I think this summer or I think this fall, I need to do that. And let me see if this is right for me. So I love mm-hmm. it. Victoria, where can we find you on social media? Okay, so you can find me um, at the Victoria Danielle, that is T H E Victoria Danielle, whether it's Instagram or Facebook, I am on that platform. I mostly hang out on Instagram. So if you don't want to wait a few days to get a response, don't go to Facebook, <laughs> go to Instagram if you're there. I go there just not as often, but it's the Victoria Danielle. Awesome. Thank you so much for this wonderful conversation and for spending your Memorial Day morning with me. I really appreciate it and I loved it. Thank you, Victoria. My pleasure. Thank you for listening to the Refreshed Moms podcast. Hey, if you're a fan of this podcast, I'd love it if you can leave a star rating and review. This helps put me in front of more beautiful women just like you. So before you hop off, stop by and click a star rating and leave a review. Don't forget, find me on Facebook and Instagram at Refresh Moms to receive your daily dose of refreshment. Let's connect again soon. All right. Bye for now.